Merry Christmas and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible Williams. And we are joined today by our beloved Lisa Harper. Lisa Harper is not just beloved by us in our real lives. She is beloved by all of you because she is just one of the most joyful people on the internet. And I am pleased to tell you, if you've never had the privilege of meeting her, that she is the same joyful person in real life. She is Missy's mama. She's a speaker. She's a writer. Her newest book is called How Much More, and it's out now. We love Lisa and we love Advent. And so, of course, we loved having this conversation with her. Let's get right to it. Girls, welcome, Lisa. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad you're here, Lisa. We're so glad you're here. And we are about two weeks from Christmas. I know, your face is like, has How that, did that Christmas happen? glow to it. Oh, I don't know. It ha- it's like you wait and you wait and wait, and then all of a sudden, wham, yeah. Christmas is just right there. And you think, it it's, you think the last two weeks have gone quickly. The I next know. two weeks are so fast. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you know, I intentionally, after I brought Missy home from Haiti, Christmas became the two weeks prior to Christmas became the slowest part of our calendar. Oh, that's nice. Just intentionally, I thought I actually, you know, I wanted her to not experience the stereotypical American Christmas. And they told us some adoption specialists I met with, I spend all my shoe money on therapy anyway, they told (laughs) us that initially, because she didn't experience Christmas in Haiti, that a typical American Christmas would overwhelm her. That's valid. And so, Yeah. yeah, I thought so too, although I hadn't process it until then shocker but they said just go really really slow do slow and quiet and soft and gentle which is the antithesis of christmas i grew up with and we had some great christmases but it has been the sweetest relearning of how to do christmas these next two weeks for us are very very intentionally slow remember how the steps to the temple were uneven so yeah. they had to slow down before they worshiped. They had to think before they walked up those steps in Jerusalem. That, to me, is kind of what these two weeks preceding Christmas are. You just walk a little slower, you know, be a little more wide-eyed, notice stuff. It's funny you say it's the antithesis of Christmas that you experienced growing yeah. up, or like maybe even a typical Christmas yeah. for most of us now. But it is whatever the opposite of antithesis is. <laughs> it is the, the well, we do, of, what, of what the yeah. first Christmas was. It was That's so right. humble and quiet. quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, minus the angels in the sky. Yeah, that part. Yeah, that part. It wasn't but it was quite, magical. But was still, there was still probably a holy stillness, as grand mm-hmm. as it was. I know how to do things in a hurry. Yeah. For me to do things slow. I don't know. There's something holier to me, especially obvious yeah. Christmas season. I like yeah. the lack of hurry at Christmas. Yeah. Well, and I don't think, I, I that. like that you said it, you do this intentionally because if we aren't intentional about mm-hmm. the slowness, then it will not happen. Like, Mm-mm. because it's not oh. culturally, it is not a slow season, Mm-mm. right? And Mm-mm. so we've talked a lot already this Advent season about Advent rhythms and what it looks like to, you know, we can say the words contemplate and celebrate that Jesus is coming, but what can that really look like? And I'm curious if there's even just like one thing that you could share with us that is part of that, what that looks like for you guys, because I just love, Lisa, you're a very unfussy person. Mm. Like, I don't know if you think of yourself that way, but you're so laid back. Somehow like, like fabulous and unfussy at the same yes. time. I don't know. It's just That's exactly mix. it. Yeah. I have hidden it well because I am so <laughs> persnickety. I want to be unfussy. I become particular about micromanaging things. Okay. You know, just that illusion of control but I want to be unfussy. So yeah. thank you that you even see that in I me. I really do. And I, because the reason I'm asking the question this way is that I think when a lot of us say, okay, we want Advent rhythms, we want to be intentional, that right. can be a buzzword. And then what we actually do instead of really slowing down is right. we just pile on things oh, that yeah, we yeah. think yeah. fit this category right. of intentionality. Right. And so well, then it's and not. And I think for us, for, and I know she reads truth, goes way beyond the 
the boundaries of America, but for, let's just say, a first culture Christian, yeah. I think we tend to associate intentionality with Pinterest. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to yeah. be intentional about doing an all white Christmas and make my, and, and our house is going to And our intentionality just becomes a buzzword yeah. for more busyness. That's exactly I, right. I can't tell you how badly I would love to have an all white Christmas. My children will not <laughs> no, have it. I know. I like all white um, Christmas. And so that is, too. that is um, tough. I like it too, but <laughs> it was for me, you know how, and the latter part of Hebrews, the pastor of Hebrews encourages us to strive hard to enter that rest. Yeah. And I mean, that is one of those kind of verses that just... Strive hard. It's a puzzler. Strive hard. Yeah. It's a juxtaposition. It's like work hard to learn holy rest. Right. And that has been finding a healthier rhythm of Advent for me. Had it not been for becoming a mom through the miracle of adoption... At the age of 50, I don't think I would have naturally slowed down because Christmas for me is about even the generosity of Christmas. I'm always thinking, who can I invite? Who's lonely? How can I love them? How can I help them? It's still very much doing, and all that is good if it's balanced with, I love that you said contemplation and celebration. I love that you put those two words together, contemplation, Mm. Mary contemplated these things. She contemplated the miracle of the Mm -hmm. Messiah with celebration. Mm -hmm. There can be a wonder in celebration that kind of slows us down so that we Mm -hmm. can savor it. Mm -hmm. Slowness hardly ever happens by accident. Like we hardly ever fall into it. Or if we do, it feels like a bad thing happened. Right. Like, oh no. We feel guilty. We've been sidelined. Oh my goodness, yes. It's likely because something has been taken away from us or something bad has happened. Um, It really does take an intentional act. It does, Mm -hmm. I think. Whether it be like a calendar marking of like, no, no. Right. There will be no travel on these right. days or whatever it is. Exactly. I really have to do that. I have to be that intentional. Mm-hmm. But it's helped me. It's helped me savor what I think That's we're sweet. really supposed to savor I love at Christmas. That. That's yeah. so sweet. I mean, I feel like that is our hope. That's the hope for our hearts in Advent, right? That we will savor this season and like we talk about preparing him room, like mm-hmm. to really think about what we are about to celebrate on Christmas Day and to think about what it means that Jesus came. And that's what this study has been, has been looking at. Um, we've been Such looking at study, the... Oh, Such thank you. Study. Well, our team is wonderful. And this was the spark of an idea was Rachel's to just spark. thinking about... Spark, I like that you used spark because it's about light. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, not intended, but accepted. Uh-huh. When God said, even in creation, let there be light. And that really... That is representative of what God does throughout Scripture, bringing light to a dark world. And He does that specifically through Jesus, Mm -hmm. that Jesus is the embodiment of light in a dark world, and that we, in Christ, get to live as people of the light, Mm. and that that changes everything. And so you're coming in in an interesting week, Lisa, because this is week three of our Advent study, and we have our feet planted actually in three different sections of the study in this specific week. It's really interesting because we're on Monday today, we're wrapping up the light of the world section where we're just really looking at the promises of Jesus and the Messiah and light and just that concept of light in scripture and how Jesus is the light. And then we get the three middle days of the week are focused on what it means to live as people of the light. And so mm-hmm. that's a short little part of this reading plan, but it's mm-hmm. very important. Yes. Oh, right? Yeah. Because oh, we get some good scriptures to read yes, this week. Yeah. yeah. And just how that metaphor of light is not just about Jesus. It is also about the Jesus in us. That's yeah, right. That's which right. is such a big deal. And it just changes all the things, right? And then Friday, we get to enter into what will take us to the manger, take Mm. us all the way to Christmas. Mm. So it's really a sweet week. It can feel like a, you know, when you're looking through, there's a lot. If you have a study book and you're listening, you will get some extra content this week as we sort of transition you from section to section. But just do your best to savor it and Mm -hmm. take it slow and and really just read through that and see what God has for you in His Word because it's this is a sweet, sweet season if we let it be. 
And you that's know? the beauty of, for the study books. I know that y'all listening know this, but it feels worth repeating that these study books are, they have numbered days, right? And there's mm-hmm. like a prescribed amount of scripture to read mm-hmm. per day. And there are even, this study book is dated. So you can see what date in 2021 you're supposed to be reading it. But I just encourage you, as Lisa, you know, you've been talking about going slow. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like this exact prescription is right. for you. You know, if you just want to spend all week on day 16. Like I just can't get over day 16. I just want to keep contemplating that. Do it. Do it. Like feel like there are many of us personality wise who love the like, thank you for telling me exactly what to read today. Right. But also sometimes we need to hear like the freedom of like, oh, also like this is just a suggestion. Yeah. 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 I think marinating is underrated. I do too. You actually sit in one spot for a while and let it soak. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. We could talk about that for a while, too, because uh-huh. it applies to a lot of things and not yeah, just Bible reading. But also, Rachel, it's not just different personalities, but if you are a follower of Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit in you. If that's he's right. telling right. you right. to spend more time, like you're not done here, right? Yeah, listen to that and see what he has for you. But well, just, um, I bet for some people, just the word light, yeah. it's been a really dark season. That's yeah, right. has. You know, the news, what's gone on globally, What's going on personally? You know, we had a really, really tough year this yeah. last year. And just sitting in light That's right. for a minute to where I feel my soul warm up mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the miraculous reality of that concept, I think even that word, it would do a lot of us really good to sit in that for a little longer than we're tempted to linger. Even yeah. after we read these scriptures, and I'm sure that a lot of them will address this, but like, just close your eyes. Like, just closing your eyes and picturing the darkness and picturing mm-hmm. the light piercing through it and mm-hmm. knowing, just reminding yourself of what you know from Scripture, that darkness mm-hmm. is not dark to Him. That's right. Right? Praise God. That's right. Thank you, Lord, that that's and true. And that darkness cannot drive out light. The dark will shine like right? the night, for yeah. darkness is as light to you. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. Amanda kind of thought, like, what might we want to read each of these days? And I think she pretty much just was like, all, all of, of day it. 16. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I can't pick. Yeah. They're, well, all my, they're all my favorites. We can annotate it a little bit. I mean, we get John 12, mm. 46, I have come. This is Jesus speaking. I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me would not remain in darkness. Always mm. love a so that mm. in scripture. Mm. Yes. So I have that come as light. Everyone who believes. So that, that's right. And then in John 14, two chapters later, he doubles down. 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So mm-hmm. through Jesus is how we come to the light and exit darkness, yeah. right? right? And the life and mm-hmm. the Father. So those things are all coinciding, right. right? Like, So the light, it must be in the Father and in Jesus. And that's also where truth and the way, right. like... yeah. Yeah. I love Isaiah at Christmas time because we get him also in day 16. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and by him I mean Isaiah the prophet. So many of his specific prophecies are light related. Right. And we actually I think that there are some other real key Isaiah prophecies later this week that we'll get mm-hmm. to, but Isaiah 61 through 3 says Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord shines over you. For look, darkness will cover the earth, and total darkness the peoples. But the Lord will shine over you, and His glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to your shining brightness. Mm. The Lord shines over you. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It just feels like such a covering, like it's an inescapable shining light. And this is a prophecy to Israel. Right. Well, I was just thinking, Amanda, what you said, that there's so many different facets, so many different things we benefit from divine light because Mm -hmm. it's revelatory. You do see things you hadn't seen before, but it's also so relational. Mm -hmm. It's what binds us to Him, and it's what actually compels others to walk into relationship with us. They go, there's something about you Mm -hmm. that I'm drawn to. There's a hope about you despite your circumstances. I love that it is so many things. I love that it's relational. Yeah, yeah. I would love for, I, we are basically reading most of this day, but it just is so beautifully, this combination of passages is so beautiful. 
Lise, would you read for us this Second Corinthians passage? It's oh, uh, chapter passage. four, verses one through six, and I think it really is a great transition. You know, I mentioned that this is the last reading day of the first section of the reading plan that we've been in for two weeks. That's right. And I think this passage is such a good setup for now crossing into that second section where we're going to talk about living as people yeah. of the light. Let me bring a big sister word here because I'm twice y'all's age and love running with I wish y'all. That were Not true. quite. I wish um, I your math was off, 58. But we love you. Close, yeah. close. I'm, I'm, my body is twice y'all's age. <laughs> I want to affirm you for saying we're going to read it all. I'm <laughs> studying a book right now on theological anthropology. One of the statements it makes is how early Christendom, everything revolved around the word. Yeah. God's word, God's revelation, that was the hub of culture. Yeah. And now it's become an illustration. Let me pick a verse or a passage that illustrates the the theme I want to focus on or what I want yeah, to say. Backwards. I think that's one of the reasons God has there's such favor on your ministry is it's not an appetizer, you know, it's not a side dish because you do read God's word. I just I want to affirm you. I love 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 that Thank about you. y'all. Thank you. So honored that. And girls listening, and you love that into you. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's what you're yeah. that's what you're choosing like you're choosing the yeah. feast. That's right. Mm-hmm. Not the it, appetizer. I mean, it is yeah. the feast. Honestly, if we said nothing but just read these passages, Which God would have used it. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's amazing. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, since we have this ministry because we were shown mercy, we do not give up. Instead, we have renounced secret and shameful things, not acting deceitfully or distorting the word of God, but commending ourselves before God to everyone's conscience by an open display of the truth. But if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we are not proclaiming ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. It's so good. And like, I feel like you could just take like each phrase and dig in. It just slays me. And to uh-huh. think that I go to where Christmas for me, real Christmas, will be what the psalmist says. When we see him face to That's face, right. it'll be enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. Not just be no more crying and no more dying. There will be no more confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is one of the great promises of Christmas is that chaos will, will not just dissipate. There will be no more chaos in the face mm-hmm. of Jesus everything will be as it should be. Which is what happened at creation. That's right. And we read that last week. The earth was formless and and empty. That's right. And he took the chaos and created intricate. You know what I love about that? I don't think we do enough of an ellipsis between creation and Christmas because Christmas you've got this teenage girl and she brings nothing to the table but okay. uh, Right. Yes, sir, to Gabriel. And out of nothing, God brings Emmanuel out of this teenage girl. You look at creation and out of complete void, Mm -hmm. God brings vibrancy. There's no toolkit. No toolkit. I think one of the biggest lies of our culture is bring your capacity before the Lord and He'll blow on it and then you'll get to do a whole lot more. I'm like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Look at Mm -hmm. Scripture. Out of nothing special, He breathes and then you've got supernatural. And I think, again, not to beat ourselves up, I think it is good for us to go. My heart is wicked and depraved, but I'm also a Mongo Day. I bear God's image. He loves me. There's a, a tricky balance there, but I think it behooves us to go, goodness, Christmas and creation, he out of nothing brought light. Out of nothing, he brought hope and redemption and and everything we need. Yeah. I mean, even that first verse from 2 Corinthians 4, therefore, since we have this ministry, because we were shown mercy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's right. It's not bringing anything that we Uh -uh. have. It's just, we have anything that we have. That's right. Because we were shown His mercy. Right. Yeah. Because I felt in all my Bible study blanks. No. No, 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 no. Because He had mercy on us. Uh Yeah. 
this line in verse five that you just read, for we are not proclaiming ourselves, Mm -hmm. but Jesus Christ as Lord. Mm -hmm. And then it's his light shining out of us. I, I think that's one of the things that I admire about you, Lisa, that you do really well is you're able to communicate to other people that you aren't proclaiming yourself, you're proclaiming Jesus. And I think that's difficult because it can sound a little bit like semantics, right? Like it can sound like, well, that's the Jesus in you. And and I mean, I say that to my kids, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like Jesus is in you (laughs) and you are like, you have the light of Christ in you. And so that's real. It's not just semantics, but how is it that we, because it's very important that we know that and that we know that we are not proclaiming ourselves. I think that's one of the things I love so much during Advent season is people are primed to hear about Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, goodness gracious, they're listening to Mariah Carey sing a hymn in the mall. And so their hearts are at least plowed a bit to go, tell me about this dude everybody's singing about. Tell me about this. There's there's an opportunity at Christmas Mm -hmm. for us to actually be light in a world that's desperate for it. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community, and they're offering our listeners a free trial premium membership because you are a human and you were born to create. Learn, express, and discover what you can make with online classes from Skillshare. There are so many fascinating classes on Skillshare on topics like graphic design, creative writing, even web design. There's one that sounds super fun to me called Storytelling 101. It talks about character, conflict, context, and craft. Whether you're a dabbler or a pro, a hobbyist or a master, you are creative. That's why Skillshare has classes for every skill level. With short lessons, hands-on projects, and classes designed for real life, you can tap into the creativity we all have inside. Skillshare helps you move your creative journey forward without putting life on hold. You'll create real projects and get the support of fellow creatives so you can accomplish real growth. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash SheReadsTruth, where our listeners get a one-month free trial of premium membership. That's one month free at Skillshare.com slash SheReadsTruth. Hey friends, Amanda here. Christmas is less than two weeks away, and some of you may be like me right now, and you're wondering what to get the last few people on your shopping list. Thankfully, we have you covered. Digital gift cards to the She Reads Truth shop means that you can give the gift of truth this year and avoid shipping delays. Praise hands. Go to shereadstruth.com slash gifts to get digital gift cards to the She Reads Truth shop and cross off those last few names on your list. Again, that's shereadstruth.com slash gifts. So for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of this week, we're reading passages from scripture that talk about what it means to live as people of the light. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a lot of that in like first John, second John, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of but it's everywhere. Like what does it mean to live as people of the light? Because we've already talked in this series about living between two advents. Mm-hmm. How, you know, we I love that. Live after the right. advent of Jesus, his first arrival, right. you know, as Emmanuel, but we also know that he has promised to return. Yeah. And so that, you know, we look forward with hope, but we're kind of here in the middle, in the middle ground. In these latter days. That's right. I remember a million years ago when y'all's friend, George Grant, George's, I think George would call him a mentor, Scotty Smith, who was really my pastor at large, still is. I love Scotty Smith, but I remember hearing for the very first time, I was right out of college, had just moved to Nashville, came here kicking and screaming because I thought it was (laughs) Cracker Barrel and country music, and at the time I didn't like either. And I remember hearing Scotty for the first time used the phrase, he was talking about living between the two advents, and he mm-hmm. said, we're in the already yeah. and the not yet. Yeah. And I remember that's the first time even growing up as a Christian, I had, had yeah, even pondered yeah. that, oh, we are in this middle 
place. We're uh-huh. in between these two advents, which I think can be a sweet place for people to even ponder that mm-hmm. during this week as they're perusing yeah. this Advent project is, oh, wow, I am in the already. You look at what Isaiah wrote, he had not seen the first Advent. That's right. And yet still the prophetic faith he had. So it is a miracle of grace that we mm-hmm. are in the already. We can point back to historicity and go, no, whether you recognize him yet as Messiah, historicity proves yes. that he came in the form of a man, That's that right. Jesus was incarnate Christ. Yeah. I love that part of our Christmas too. He yeah. already came. He already came. I, my price yeah. has already been bought. That's right. Victory That's has right. already That's been right. won. And yet I am not yet fully uh-huh. made new, but uh-huh. he's going to. That's he keeps right. his promises. The already That's tells right. me he keeps his promises. That's right. Yeah. And one of the ways that Jesus showed us this, that he's the light of the world, is that he healed yeah. and brought literal light where there was darkness. Right. Lisa, I just love that when you read the Gospels, would you read just this first part of, we get a story in John I 9 only about... get to read the first part. Well, I mean, you can read as much <laughs> as you want. I'm not the boss of you. Um, but it's lengthy and we can still Great. talk about it all. John, you read as much as you yeah, want. This is John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7, y'all. As he was passing by, and John, of course, is talking about Jesus here. Mm-hmm. He saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered. This came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. We must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming. When no one can work, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Yeah. After he said these things, he spit on the ground, made some mud from the saliva, and spread the mud on his eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he left, washed, and came back seeing. That is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I love that miracle. There's so many things I love about so it. So much. I love that even the disciples, they'd been with Jesus. They knew Torah. <laughs> mm-hmm. They were still confused. Mm-hmm. Yep. They still assumed mm-hmm. that if something bad happens, then surely there's hidden sin, which mm-hmm. is what people struggle with now. If mm-hmm. God is such a good God, why does this happen? Assuming because this man had a physical illness, an ongoing medical condition, that there was sin in his life. And Jesus says, no, 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 this is a platform for my greatness. Then I love how tactile he Mm -hmm. is. Somebody asked me recently, how come you love to touch so much? COVID has just about killed me that I can't hug and touch as much as I I want to. And I said, well, if you study the Gospels, Jesus was a toucher. He almost always, he could speak healing into existence. He did that a few times, but more often than not, he used his hands to heal. And you think about that early first century culture, if your community assumed that there was sin in your life, like they did about this Mm -hmm. poor blind guy, they would not touch you. That was considered Mm -hmm. unclean. And Jesus just tramples that propriety posing as religion And he touches this man, in a sense, demonstrating he's part of my community. I love him. I love that miracle. And I love what you said. Mm. As long as I'm here, there will be light. And even the saliva. Like, it's just this, like, he's not just a, like, half man, half God. Right. He is a full man with spit. With spit. Yes. It's Yep. Really crazy thing yeah, about. It's like, a detail it really that matters. didn't have to be yeah. included. Oh, it matters so. Yeah. It matters that John recorded it because we yeah. tend to yeah. associate holiness with and God's transcendence with mm-hmm. with dualism. With He's holy, I can't touch that. And right. I'm like over and over and over again. Jesus was like, "No, I will take the earthy things." Yeah, you know, I love and remember right after He gives them the Ten Commandments. I'm going back Old Testament Exodus twenty. Right after he gives them the Ten Commandments, the people are scared to death because mm-hmm. just like the disciples, they don't get it. We see through the glass dimly. And they go, Moses, you can talk to us, but tell God to just text us. I'm taking the tiniest bit of liberty with Hebrew because, <laughs> because we're afraid of him. We're yeah. afraid of him. 
And then there's this compassionate qualification of the Ten Commandments. And God, the first thing he says to them is, y'all don't have to have anything fancy. You can just have dirt. Mm-hmm. As long as you have earth, you can worship me. Mm-hmm. I love that he's always bringing the cookies down to our shelf. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Bringing the cookies. This story is really fascinating. It's worth your time today, guys, or tomorrow mm-hmm. to read through this. You get, <laughs> there's so much confusion surrounding this miracle and mm-hmm. from the disciples, from the Pharisees. It just, it's entertaining, but it's also. I see the pun coming, and I'm going to go ahead and take it eye-opening. Um, but the and so there at one point they're asking the man who's been healed. They're saying this is verse 24. A second time they summoned him and they said, "Give glory to God. We know that this man is the sinner. So this man Jesus is a sinner. Obviously, if, this, right. if you've been healed, this is of right. God in this line. Verse 25. He answered, "Whether or not he's a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know: I was blind, I and that. now I can see. I love that. <laughs> and it's, I love that. Yeah. In Jesus. Um, now I'm really fast forwarding in verse 39." Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment in order that those who do not see will see and those who do see will become blind. So like, that's the kind of verse that just blows my mind because I'm like, I, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Jesus, can you elaborate? It's, but Yeah, I think it goes back to, you know, when he says, and he says this in Matthew where he says, I didn't come to to heal those who aren't sick. I came to heal the there sick. It yeah. it's not, there's almost a wink in yeah. his language. He's saying, if you think yeah. you see clearly the things of God, mm-hmm. then baby girl, you are blind as a bat. Yeah. Right. But Start if over. you recognize yeah that I'm your only mm-hmm. way That's right. to be reconciled, to engage with a holy God, then your your eyes are beginning to open to true spiritual truths. So, you know, he's very gentle, and there's almost a wink sometimes in yeah. what he says. And I'm sure sometimes there is, he's very, very direct. I wish we had inflection. I wish we had audio Bibles. Oh, we could good? hear his voice, because I think sometimes we paint him as being stronger, like with the man who said, I believe, but help me in my unbelief in Mark, right over the transfiguration. Mm -hmm. He's often preached as saying, if, if I can do anything, all things are possible. And I go, I don't think that was his inflection based on how the man responds. There's such, he leans toward Jesus. He doesn't back away as Mm -hmm. if Jesus is chastising him. I think there's such kindness in the if. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All things are possible. Mm-hmm. Then he heals his son. I think we would be shocked by the kindness of Christ if we had the privilege, and we will one day, mm-hmm. of engaging with incarnate Christ. If we could see his countenance, it's not just light, yeah. it's compassion light. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just backlit love. Yeah. Yeah. And so part of living as people of the light is is seeing the light, is acknowledging yeah. it, acknowledging mm-hmm. who Jesus is, all of yeah. the stuff that we've been reading about for two weeks, to see it, to yeah. know it. And I just love Colossians. It might be my favorite of Paul's letters, but this in Colossians 1, verse 13, He has rescued us from the domain of darkness mm-hmm. and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. But right before that, Paul talks about that God has enabled us to share in the saints' inheritance in the light, mm-hmm. that this is an inheritance. And even when Jesus said in what you just read in John's gospel that while I am here, there will be light. Mm-hmm. And He is alive in heaven, right? Seated right. at the right hand of the Father. But He is also here mm-hmm. in us, yeah. in the Holy Spirit. Work in person mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know, because we're focusing so much on light, don't y'all love the story when Moses went and, you know, engaged with God and he came down from Mount Sinai and the people had to put on sunglasses because he was so <laughs> mm-hmm. radiant. Just from being He's in glowing. God's presence, he was just glowing. Yeah. And then he says he's going to come down in the form of a cloud and there's an MC Hammer moment. Y'all can't touch this because you can't get that close yeah. Yeah. to the light. Then you've got Jesus parallel story, you know, then you've got Jesus mm-hmm. on the Mount of Transfiguration. Once again, mm-hmm. he becomes light. He's illuminated. But this time, instead of God saying, y'all need to back the bus up because this light will kill you, he says, get as close as you can to this light. 
And I'm like, goodness gracious, the invitation in New Covenant Mm -hmm. for us to move toward the light. Mm -hmm. And then to me, the hope is that like Moses, when I've been in the presence of God, there will be a supernatural light just about my presence. Because I think sometimes we forget for light to even be light, it has to be a place that has darkness or you can't even tell it's light. Mm -hmm. I want my presence to bring hope. To people who sat in the dark for too long. That's good, Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. So, Lisa, before we hit record, you started telling me a word that I've never heard before (laughs) and then describing it to me. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Like, we have got to, I want to hear this, but I want everybody else to get to hear this too. So, talk to me about, tell me if I'm saying it right. Epicomai? You said it perfectly, baby. Thank you. Yeah, that is Greek right there, baby. A friend of mine, and this is what this reminded me of, used to, I remember the first time I went over to her house the day after Christmas, and there was this gorgeous box still under her tree, still wrapped, and it was just beautiful. And I went, oh, who's that for? Because Christmas Mm -hmm. is over. And she said, oh, I always have two or three things every year that are really precious to me that I wrap just as beautiful as I possibly can for unexpected guests. And she said, because you know how sometimes people will drop by or come by and you didn't know they were coming and you want a gift that is really exquisite for them, even though they didn't expect it. And okay, I was first like, of all, you said that so, like, matter of factly, and I'm going like, is that, that not is the sweetest? I love her. Yeah. Yeah. I started doing the same. I'm going to stop I just by her house. One or two, yeah. not the little junky gifts, not no. real gifts, but something no that cans I go, of Pringles. I would love this for me. Okay, yeah. Let me pick out this whatever Joe Malone candle, just something that is so really special, exquisite and special. And I've thought of that person. I just don't see their face yet. Okay. Mm. So that when they come, they're kind of taken aback by the you thought this much of me to me there's nuggets like that in scripture and this is one of those christmas gifts yeah. i didn't see for years and i was studying the christmas story a couple of years ago and i found this beautifully wrapped gift i just i'd never seen it before it's in luke i love luke's birth narrative Verse 35, and the angel answered her, and this is after Mary said, how in the world am I going to give birth Mm -hmm. to Emmanuel? I haven't even been to prom yet. I haven't been on a date. How in the world is this going to happen? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, or Hagon, the Son of God. Those two words in English come upon, come from that Greek word, epikomai. And what's so cool is, y'all remember this took place in the first century. We think now in 21st century, oh yeah, the virgin birth. I mean, that's an anomaly. That only happened this one time with Mary and Jesus. That would not have been common thought in the first century because most of them were so influenced by Greco-Roman culture. Well, in Greco-Roman culture, A lot of people thought there were many half-deities running around because they believe women had dated members of the pantheon. Actually, Zeus was a major player and got around. Well, and you stop and think, even if you've been to see Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman supposedly is the child of half-deity, half-human. There were a lot of those, Perseus. And so if you said the virgin birth just at the water cooler in the first century, they'd be like, oh, yeah, they wouldn't immediately think of of Jesus. Right, they'd think, oh, one of those half-deities. Deity, and of course, we're talking little G gods mm-hmm. from the pantheon, you know, half human. And so Luke makes it really clear here. He's a studious guy, he's a physician. He goes, No, 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 the Holy Spirit epicomide her. There's nothing untoward here, there's nothing physical. This is not a sexual innuendo. They didn't go to the movies. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit drew close to her in a non-sexual way. It's significant in their culture, very significant in first culture. What I found to be so cool is Jesus uses the exact same word right before he ascends. You remember after the resurrection, and then he spends a month in his post-resurrected body for those of us who are goofballs who needed to see more to believe, like Mm -hmm. Doubting Thomas. And as he stands on that hill at the beginning of Acts, right before the ascension, and he says, you will receive power. You will Uh, receive the Holy Spirit, whether you're Pentecostal or Presbyterian. That is not an option. You will, because you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to be a light in a dark world. He uses the exact same word. He says, when the Holy Spirit epicomize you, when he comes upon you, it's the most beautiful promise in a way he was protecting Mary's 
reputation yeah. and clarifying there's nothing about this that is dark. Yeah. It is miraculous and pure. But then he uses that same miracle of a supernatural conception and says, you're going to be epicomite too. As my wow. followers, you're going to give birth to something that's supernatural. And you remember that happened right before Pentecost. Yeah. Right mm-hmm. before thousands of people hear the gospel in the language they understand yes. from guys who hadn't taken, you know, the Rosetta Stone course and all of a sudden they're able to share the gospel. <laughs> Clearly, they were light in such a supernatural way. I just love that little Christmas nugget, that Epicoma nugget. I love that also because. This was different. Yeah. Jesus was not half human, half God. He was whole human. Whole human and holy God. Yeah. Homeosis. Okay. We're learning more words. Completely God's material, God's makeup. It was one of the biggest arguments over the, in the first Christian, the Nicene Council that came together was over, is he really fully God? And fully human, he must be a little less God because he's fully human. People have been grappling with that for centuries. How can he be fully and, both? And God makes it clear. He is completely God, completely supernatural. Jesus didn't just appear in the barn. He's been there since the very beginning. That's right. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's always been a Trinitarian God. But I love that he makes it clear that we too have been, I don't want to say anything that sounds inappropriate, but impregnated, if you will, in a very supernatural, just the Holy Spirit coming next to us. And then because the Holy Spirit comes Mm -hmm. upon us, we get to share this hope with the world around us. There is an evangelical aspect to Christmas that I think a lot of times we don't get. Oh, yeah. Tell me if the metaphor continues right or wrong here, but like you're saying if the Holy Spirit comes close, comes upon us at Pentecost, which is what happened, go back and listen to Christine Kane. This past fall, she talked with us about Pentecost, and it was incredible in those podcast episodes. But the birth that then happens is the church. That's right. Which is also Jesus. That's exactly right. That's Exactly right. The body okay. of Christ. That's exactly no. That for people who think that the Bible is boring, I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness gracious, this is better than pay per view, and it's not this collection of loose stories that kind of sort of makes sense. There is this commonality. There's this red thread of redemption from the very beginning to the very end. And once you start seeing, oh, oh my goodness, this narrative. Oh my goodness, that. Oh my goodness, what Isaiah was saying here a thousand years before. And oh my goodness, then what the blind guy testified to over here. It's the same thing. It's the same amazing story. You guys are going to love reading the rest of this week's reading days because we get to have that story in mind and that little nugget in mind when we, for example, in day 19, we get a portion of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, Mm -hmm. this picture of what the kingdom of God is like. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus says, chapter 5, verse 14, you are the light of the world. So pause. Jesus has said, I am the light of the world. And now he's saying, you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. We were talking about this earlier. So that they Mm -hmm. may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. That's right. Yeah. Not more likes on your Instagram account, not more followers, not more. It's not about us. No. You know, at the very best, we're we're carriers of the miracle (laughs) and storytellers of what he's done for us, of the testimony. But yeah, the fact that he allows us to carry his light through the work and person of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I would have chosen a better vehicle. I would have been like, nope, y'all tend to be a little dingy. Y'all tend to dim the light. But he trusted us. It's like, instead of like... You know the what are they called? The vehicles Luminaries? that no, the vehicles that carry all the money that stop at the bank oh, the and Brinks get armored cars. Yeah, the ar- yeah. the big armored yeah. trucks. Yeah. Instead of that, I've got like <laughs> I'm like this, this tiny leaky like pumpkin carriage. Yeah, eighty five Civic with the windows <laughs> busted right. out. That's right. And it's like no, no, I'm gonna pick her. Yeah. I'm gonna pick that That's one. That's right. That's what I'm gonna do. And listen to the impact of that. Then so we this is Isaiah forty nine directed to God's people. I will also make you a light for the nations to be my salvation to the ends of the earth. Mm. That sounds a lot like Acts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jesus is the light of the world and we get to be little lights. That's right. 
Mm-hmm. That, you know, that's that have a very the word Christian is we're little Christs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so nothing in us that's special, but we carry yeah. the miracle. We should look different. We should smell different. We should talk different. A woman named Barbara Johnson, she passed away years ago, but Christian writer. And she said this one thing I've never forgotten. She said, we're Easter people mm-hmm. living in a Good Friday world. Mm. Oh, And I love that. Yeah. But yeah. in light of us talking about Advent, I've thought this so often, we are Christmas people, and we should be Christmas people every single day. Mm-hmm. And there's something about getting to share the hope of the gospel at Christmas season in particular, because yes. people are open to the story. Yes. But that actually should be the story we're always telling. He came near. Yeah, He came near to save yeah. us. He came near to me. Let me tell you, He came near to my kids. Let me tell you, it's Emmanuel. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just no better story to tell. Yeah. Mm. Rachel, will you? I feel like this is the perfect time to read Isaiah 9. Is it Isaiah mm. time? It's mm. Isaiah time. Oh, listen. Mm. I would love to read Isaiah. So this is from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. And this is our 10th Advent together as a community. Wow. And I would venture to guess with some confidence that uh-huh. we have read this passage now as a community, 10 Advents in a row. Yep. And it has been really uniquely special to whatever you know version of Advent we're presenting, yeah. to whatever Advent study book or focus or theme we present every year. But this truth in Isaiah... Mm. It's the kind of words that no man can muster. That's right. These are God's words. That's right. But I want to read them right now from Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 1. Nevertheless, the gloom of the distressed land will not be like that of the former times when he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will bring honor to the way of the sea and to the land of the east of the Jordan and to the Galilee of the nations. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. You have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you as they rejoice at harvest time, and they rejoice when dividing the spoils. For you have shattered their oppressive yoke and the rod on their shoulders, the staff of their oppressor, just as you did in the day of Midian. For every trampling boot of battle and the bloodied garments of war will be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his Mm. kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. Mm. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Mm. That's it. That's Advent. That's Advent. That is what has happened, is happening, and will happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, already you know what I just saw yet. when you were reading that, I don't know if y'all have done this with your kids. I didn't bring Missy home till she was four, but I remember my mom had one of those tiny baby shoes that she had bronzed of my little brother. I remember where that was in the It was room. not that organized. Yeah. Well, I, I wish. It's just Missy's wearing a women's six now, so it wouldn't look quite so so quaint on the shelf. Quite so tender. But she in this tiny little baby shoe. And I just, my mind, when you're reading that, Rachel, I thought of that tiny little bronze baby shoe, and then I thought of this huge pair of shoulders. And I think just the context of the boots that we feel like we've been trampled by, especially in the last year and a half with right. global pandemics and and division and wars and rumors of wars and all the stuff that feel almost uniquely difficult to this season of life until you read history and you right. will know there's this, mm-hmm. you know, this too shall pass. But you think of that as that baby shoe and then the broad yeah. shoulders of our king that the government yeah. can balance on the shoulders of Christ. I think, man, if we could see with spirit eyes, really what God has already accomplished on our behalf, every day would be Christmas. We would live in light of that. I was thinking this morning how 
imminent he is mm-hmm. in kind of both senses of the word yeah. for me. Yeah. Imminent in his physical nearness to yes. me. He feels imminent to me. Yeah. And also in that time and space, just every day that we get to live and wake up, we are a day closer. Yeah. We don't know when that will be, right. but we're a day closer to seeing his face. Yeah. And I was just thanking him for his imminence. Yeah. This morning, and that's really you know what we get to see here, even in Isaiah. Such a good God, don't you love that He reveals Himself through this living revelation we call the Bible, this love story, yeah. as yeah. close enough, imminent that John was able to recline against his chest at right. the Last Supper, but then as so transcendent and all powerful that when John saw Him, a vision of Him. His hard drive couldn't take it. He yeah. fell over and fainted. <laughs> right. And I'm like, gosh, that's our king. That's our savior. He is closer than a brother. Closer than a brother. And the government shall be obliterated by his goodness and his power and his might. Sit on his shoulders. <sighs> I kind of don't want this conversation to end. I hardly ever want a podcast conversation to end, but at least I feel ministered to. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you have been a guest on the She Reads Truth podcast long enough to know our tradition, which is typically where in your life are you seeing beauty, goodness, and truth? But I want to ask, as it relates to Christmas, where at Christmas time do you see beauty, goodness, and truth that mm-hmm. points you to Jesus? I'm sure this is too personal. I'm not going to tell you my weight. <laughs> But I will tell you, I lost two adoptions before God and His just redemptive kindness allowed me to be Missy's mom. And I can remember the Christmas I thought I was bringing a baby home and I lost her at the 11th hour and I already had a baby stocking and I'd already decorated the mantle for Christmas because I was so excited. Yeah. And I decorated early. I thought for the first time, I'm going to have a family. It'll be the two of us at Christmas. Mm. And I can remember so distinctly that feeling of just absolute devastation mm-hmm. when I packed those Christmas boxes up and I thought I'm never I'm never decorating for Christmas again. You know, I'm just it's too hard. I don't think I can peel my heart back up off the table. And then I remember two years later, someone gave me a stocking that said Mama and another mm-hmm. stocking that said Missy. And I remember mm. hanging those. There was something so holy mm. about hanging this, you know, Christmas tradition. I'm not at all yeah. saying stockings are spiritual, but the fact that God had restored unto me, you know, mm. things that I had lost, the fact that He had redeemed some really, really stupid decisions in my life with allowing me to have a child, not that I deserved. And I think of it every year this mm. year. I put those stockings on the mantle, and I go, I can't believe what He has entrusted me with. He is such a good God. There will be nights at Christmas that I sit on the couch after my little house. My nephew lives with us now. He's 22. After John Michael and Missy have gone to sleep, I will sit on my couch and just those stockings hang over the fireplace, you know, every Christmas now. And I'm just overwhelmed mm-hmm. by the kindness of God. He didn't have to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He could have written who He was in the sky. The fact that He chose to come for us, the fact that He chooses to redeem, you know, huge mistakes in my tiny little life. Christmas helps me remember how kind He is. Lisa, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. I'm going to look at my stockings differently, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Friends thanks. listening, I know that you probably have moments like this too. You have moments this season where you're seeing beauty, goodness, and truth that's pointing you to Jesus. And I want to encourage you. Give testimony to where you're mm-hmm. seeing God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And it's not just pointing you to Jesus, but share yeah. it. Let it point others to Jesus, yeah. too. I want to encourage you that the beauty, goodness, and truth is not just a segment on the She Reads Truth podcast, but let this be a part of your life and your practices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys know that as we approach Christmas, we continue to have podcast episodes next week. Our good friend Nathan Tasker is going to be joining us for next week's episode and we're really looking forward to that and we hope you'll join us but until next week Lisa what do we tell our friends keep opening your Bibles keep opening your Bibles